Today is Friday, April 7th, 2023. Obama received $30 million illegally from CCP-linked fugitive. Democrat insurrectionists are expelled from Tennessee House and House GOP subpoenas Manhattan prosecutor who resigned. We'll see what they have to say about arresting Donald Trump. Mike Davis joins the show. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show. Ladies and gentlemen, turnabout is fair play, and oh, how the turntables turn. The Tennessee House expels two of three Democrat insurrectionists after gun control protests. Ladies and gentlemen, we are seeing a brand new, a brand new Republican Party emerging. Thank God. It is a Republican Party that enforces consequences and that enforces rules on both sides. So if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander, as my grandfather used to say. And so multiple Democrat insurrectionists were kicked out of the Tennessee State House. They have been kicked out of their seats entirely, not just like slapped on the wrist, not just given like a couple mean tweets or me memes, but literally kicked out of the House in Tennessee. This is spectacular news. I am very, very proud of the Tennessee Republicans. It is time for the left to begin to feel the same type of consequences for their side and their criminal activities. Thank God, insurrectionists removed from the state house in Tennessee. Take it away, here's the news. What began as a rally for gun control has now cut short the careers of two Tennessee state lawmakers. Democrat representatives Justin Jones and Justin Pearson were expelled by Republicans who hold a supermajority in the Tennessee House after joining a protest on the floor of the state house last week. That came in the wake of the Covenant school shooting in Nashville, in which six people, including three nine-year-old children, were killed. Joined by their colleague, Gloria Johnson, Representatives Pearson and Jones used a bullhorn to join those gun control protesters. The lawmakers' actions broke House rules of decorum, and the three Democrats were called insurrectionists by the Republican House Speaker. And as a result of tonight's votes, Jones and Pearson are now former representatives. Johnson, who did not use the bullhorn, survived by one vote. Survived by one vote. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a wonderful thing to see a Republican Party with spine and a backbone. One vote. Now, we're hearing from my friend Jack Posobiec that this member was saved by a single member of the Republicans that might have been bought off. So we'll see what happened there. But ladies and gentlemen, this is a good thing. You should feel consequences for your actions. And when Democrats behave criminally or illegally, this is going to be the theme of the show today, if you uh, haven't already observed that, well, then there should also be consequences for them. I don't care if your last name is Obama, Clinton, or Biden. So it is very, very good that the people who staged a very violent insurrection at the Tennessee State House that had absolutely nothing to do with the mentally ill, depraved, degenerate ideology that took the lives of six Christians at a Christian school, a soft target in Tennessee, that these individuals who rushed down to the floor of the Tennessee House with bullhorns, uh, intimidated other members, called for their violence, called for violence against them, and they created violence against them. Look, look at this footage. You, This is worse footage than anything you saw inside the Capitol on January 6th. Go. 
fighting cops, hitting cops. You punch a cop, you hit a cop. I don't care if you're wearing a red hat or black block, you go to jail. Ladies and gentlemen, these people are now feeling the consequences of their own actions. So the lawmakers are now speaking out. They had they were given an opportunity to speak out in their defense. It didn't go super great. Uh, here's an example of how identity politics so warps the mind and how the woke mind virus really does infect uh, and kill all of your brain cells. When I know for a fact this house has not been a place of debate for Democrats. This house has not been a place of debate for people who are transgender. This house has not been a place of debate for people who are LGBTQIA. This house has not been a place of debate for people who are already persecuted in our society. This house ain't even been a place of debate for people who wear beautiful dashikis in honor of their ancestors who made. Yes, that's true. I also wear a bl- I wear a black T-shirt in honor of my ancestors who liked being comfortable, you see? And that's why you shouldn't expel me for trying to kill all of you, you see? So what they ended up doing is they took a bunch of feral, low-information Zoomers, Gen Zs, and then they, like, absolutely stormed the state house. They stormed onto the floor with bullhorns, assuming that this was, like, a community college campus, cafeteria, and now they're getting kicked out. It's beautiful. That was uh, Justin Jones speaking uh, and Rep Pearson. They were both expelled uh, days ago on April 3rd, 2023. Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Sexton explained that the votes were not about peaceful protests. Rather, they suggested the actions allegedly undertaken by Jones, Johnson and Pearson broke several rules of decorum and procedure inside of the House floor. The Tennessean reported that Johnson, Jones and Pearson uh, allegedly used a bullhorn as they led protesters into the galleries in several chance calling for gun reform. What's fascinating there is that that former member uh, was calling for uh, transgender voices to be heard on the floor of the Tennessee State House without a single thought or a single moment's pause to consider the fact that the person who slaughtered six Christians just a few weeks before Holy Week, just a few weeks before Good Friday, which is today, uh, that that individual targeted a a church and targeted Christians. The woke mind virus does truly kill the mind, body, and soul. It also makes you think that uh, you yourself are Jesus. So it is Good Friday today. I think we should pause for a moment and say that Good Friday is uh, something that we, of course, celebrate. Today is the day that Christ died on the cross. Uh, It is the day that Christ gave the ultimate sacrifice for you. It is a holy day. uh, And it is a moment for all Christians to stop, to pause, and to have solemn remembrance for God's sacrifice for you, understanding that there's nothing that you can ever do in order to earn God's salvation, that it is through grace alone and the pure love of Christ for you on the cross, which is where our salvation comes from. And that you, of course, will never, ever be able to scrape or claw your way into heaven. It is by grace alone. Of course, the sacrifice of Christ could never, ever be compared to anything that we have to deal with here in this present life. 
But that doesn't stop the Tennessee lawmakers, the ones who were expelled, the ones who led an insurrection from claiming that they themselves are Jesus. In the most repulsive clip of the day that I will show you today, but it's worth seeing because it's worth noting what the other side thinks of themselves. We often tell you that they assume that they are God. Here is one of the kicked out insurrectionist Democrats from Tennessee claiming that he's just like Jesus. Friday, the government decided that my savior Jesus, a man that was innocent of all crimes except fighting for the poor, fighting for the marginalized, fighting for the LGBTQ community, fighting for those who are single mothers, fighting for those who are ostracized, fighting for those pushed to the periphery, my, my savior, my black Jesus. He was lynched by the government on Friday. And they thought that all hope had been lost. All the, 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 the outside, it rained and it thundered and, and everybody said everything was over. And it was some black women who stood at the cross. Okay. Okay. Enough of that. Uh, like blasphemous drivel from this imbecile calling himself black Jesus, bro. I'm not a uh, judge. I'm not a judgmental man in the spiritual sense, right? Leave the judgments to God for someone's soul, but um, careful, careful. A lot of lightning strikes these days, man, uh, dangerous, dangerous territory to go into. Anyway, uh, people have thought that they were God from the start, uh, of, uh, uh, from, from, from the get. Uh, one of those people is clearly Barack Obama. Barack Obama campaigned on saying that he could raise and lower uh, the oceans, that he would heal the planet if he was elected. Uh, so it's this kind of ideology that, frankly, we're fighting. And the more we talk about it, the more you dissect it, the more it really is spiritual. Matt Walsh on Twitter yesterday, he's somebody who lives in Tennessee, somebody who has is raising his family in Tennessee. We're fans of Matt Walsh on the show. Can't say enough about Republican legislators in Tennessee who had the courage to withdraw, to hold, to who had the courage and wherewithal, forgive me, I said withdraw, wherewithal to hold Democrats accountable for a change and force them to abide by the same rules as everyone else. Extremely rare that Republicans display this kind of toughness. The Democrats led a mob into the Capitol building and they tried to use the floor of the House as a staging ground for political demonstrations. They never imagined that Republicans would actually have the constitutional authority to expel them. They did, and it's awesome stuff. Yes, they should have expelled all three of them. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, we will uh, celebrate small victories here. Uh, the lawmaker, just to show you exactly how remorseful these individuals are, one of the other lawmakers that was expelled, these people are radicals, uh, was expelled, says he's going to be back. He's going to be back. He's going to bring mob back into the state house. Okay, thus, thus. Absolutely proving that what Republicans did here was the correct move. Tennessee, and that we are on the path toward authoritarianism, to be quite honest. Will you run again? I, I have no idea, you know, what are my next steps in terms of responding to this extreme measure, but I will continue to show up with the people and continue to, to, to you know, to demand action on common sense gun laws, because what we were saying was, let's, let us pass an assault weapons ban. Let's take action. And they responded by assaulting democracy. So thank you all so much. Thank you, Representative Jones. I don't have any next steps, but I will continue. So, yep, yeah, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back with the mob. We're coming for you. Got it, dude. Got it. So make sure that you are ready to criminally charge these individuals again. And remember, there are still people today on Good Friday 
a day that we should always remember sacrifices, forgiveness, and care for our fellow man. Uh, remember, there are January Sixers who are still awaiting trial. You're talking like three years. They've celebrated three birthdays in the D.C. Gulag, and we're going to get there. We have a story today that's wild. 40-plus undercover informants for the FBI and the Metropolitan Police Department? My God. And they're putting people away for the rest of their lives, ruining them for doing a miticum, a scintilla of what these Democrat insurrectionists did inside of the Capitol, threat, directly threatening lawmakers in Tennessee. Good for Republicans. More of it. My oh my, what is that chasing me? It is the consequences of my own actions. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. The main event, the consequences of actions. What's going on with Barack Obama? Why could Barack Obama potentially find himself in prison or arrested by a, by a spirited Republican district attorney? Well, 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 what do we have here? A very interesting case, one that is somewhat complicated as campaign finance violations tend to be. It's not just I paid off this nuisance lawsuit because this lady's annoying, like Stormy Daniels. That's what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump, my lawyer paid a nuisance lawsuit so he didn't have to deal with it. The end. We've done this a million times. That's what they got Donald Trump on. It's normally a little more complicated, but let me break down what's going on with Barack Obama. There's some real problems here. $30 million of communist Chinese related cash potentially to Barack Obama? What the hell is this about? So what's going on here is that Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio is testifying in this trial right now for this CCP-related financier that tried to buy his way in. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Just switch the name Obama with Biden. This sound very familiar. Tried to buy his way in to our politics. And who are they giving money to? Well, Democrats, of course. Barack Obama's campaign, of course wanted to give $30 million of communist Chinese connected funds to Barack Obama and using an intermediary because it's illegal to do that in America. That's what this trial is about right now. This is an ongoing trial. This is huge stuff. Leonardo DiCaprio was one of this guy's friends. This is causing a lot of attention. Obviously, Leonardo DiCaprio takes the stand. People are going to bring attention to it. And here's what we're learning here. We're learning that Leonardo DiCaprio said that he knew about 20 to $30 million being funneled illegally to the Obama campaign. Leonardo DiCaprio testified yesterday. Whoa, that's a lot of money from a Malaysian, Malaysian, Malaysian businessman. This is, of course, illegal. You cannot, foreigners cannot fund presidential elections. This is against federal law in many, and of course, of course it blows past the federal minimums or maximums. So there's like probably two to 400 different FEC violations here. This is absolutely crazy stuff. And this is, these are, these. I mean, again, they're going after Donald Trump for bookkeeping violations, essentially just copying and pasting the same bookkeeping violation. And you're talking here like, at scale, buying presidential elections from the Communist Chinese Party. Oh, and by the way, they got away with it with Joe Biden. This is the one they might not have gotten away with. They got away with it with Joe Biden. Leo and Obama, go. Leonardo DiCaprio taking the witness stand yesterday, testifying in the money laundering case against former Fuji's rapper, Praz Michelle. 
Michelle is accused of helping to funnel millions of dollars to Barack Obama and his 2012 presidential election campaign. With the help of a Wolf of Wall Street financier and Malaysian billionaire, Joe Lowe. DiCaprio, who is not accused of any wrongdoing in the case, told the courtroom Michelle planned to donate up to $30 million to the Democrat Party. Mark, no wonder nobody's covering this and the Trump story is all over the place. Yeah. Let's look over here, not over there. <laughs> A little slight. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting timing in all of this. Wouldn't be the first time that Barack Obama's had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines for illegal contributions. Check out this article. Obama campaign had to pay $375,000 in fines for omitting donors' names in 2008. President Obama campaign has agreed to pay $375,000, that's a hefty fine, to the Federal Election Commission one of the largest penalties in history. The fine was imposed after an audit of the campaign's books showed that it failed to report identities of donors who gave large checks in the weeks before the election. Could those donors have potentially been foreign multimillionaires and billionaires from China? We're not sure. The document shows that the Obama campaign failed to disclose the identities of donors responsible for millions in contributions ahead of the election. The campaign also misrepresented $85 million in contributions? In addition, the Obama campaign kept $1.3 million in contributions that were above the legal maximum allowed for a federal campaign. Failing to return within 60 days of federal law, the campaign also kept 800000 more in donations. I mean, look at this violation after violation after violation after violation. 2008 campaign was a record-breaking campaign with donors. Very few outstanding questions have now been resolved. The FEC said this is the highest fine ever and that it includes 15 violations of law. What? So you have Barack Obama, a, a winning presidential campaign, Donald Trump, a winning presidential campaign. Donald Trump did the legal thing in 2016. Donald Trump has no campaign violations in 2016. They had to manufacture one. Barack Obama has 15 hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fines, millions of dollars worth of unaccounted for money and nothing. Looks like a uh, district attorney might want to look into this before potentially Michelle Obama runs for president, which is certainly what they're cooking up right now. Tucker Carlson has more on that. You might mistake what Michelle Obama is doing right now for the beginnings of a presidential campaign. So first, you have a manufactured white racism panic. That's a clue. But the clincher is menopause. Unlike every other woman over 50 in all human history, Michelle Obama, we're sad to tell you, has menopause. It's not clear where she caught it. Maybe there was an outbreak in Egertown, but it's bad. At one point, Michelle Obama gained up to six pounds. You don't know how much she suffered. Let's put it this way. Baton death march survivors, she laughs at you. You can't fathom her pain. Watch her talk about it on TV. I am still physically active, and my goal now, instead of having Michelle Obama arms, I just want to keep moving. Just keep moving. If I can walk, move, I don't have to run, I don't have to beat everyone. So I've had to change the way I see myself in the in in my health space. I never used to weigh myself. I'm not trying to stick to numbers, but when you're in menopause, you have this slow creep. You have this slow creep. And no, she's not talking about Joe Biden here, who is technically one of the slowest creeps in America. She's talking about her own thighs. 
Now, why is Michelle Obama telling you about her menopausal thighs on a TV show? Possibly because she's a crazed narcissist who thinks her own thighs are interesting to you. And that's, of course, true. But there may be other reasons. Best all time Tucker line ever there. Am I wrong? No, she's not talking about a slow creep, Joe Biden, who is the slowest creep we got. Talking about her own thighs. Oh, oh, Tucker, spicy. Man, and it gets spicier and spicier. Speaking of thighs, I do not want to talk about Hillary Clinton was fined by the FEC over the DNC and Trump-related dossier research. Check this out from CNN. Oh man, you can you can you can taste the tears as they're writing this. They're, they're right, CNN's writing this. It's crying. It's into the laptop. You can't even use the laptop. There's so much salt in it. Federal election regulators find Hillary Clinton 2016 presidential campaign Democratic committee members hundreds of thousands of dollars for what? For not disclosing the money they spent on opposition research that led to the Trump Russia dossier. Oh, okay. So Hillary Clinton can spend millions of dollars, if you go through the books, which we have, spent millions of dollars on a fake document that said that Trump peed on prostitutes in Moscow, among others, rubber mattresses and everything. Yeah, got it. Very believable. Super believable. Let me tell you, somebody who's uh, seen Donald Trump uh, in private the guy is a clean. He's a he's a clean person. He's very he's a very clean, very fastidious individual. Uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign spent more than a million dollars. Reading Hugh here from the article on the law firm that hired the research company Fusion GPS that hired Christopher Steele to dig up dirt on Donald Trump, meaning make up Donald Trump stories. That led to the Mueller investigation, that led to a pox on Donald Trump's first term, that led to a black cloud over an investigation that was all a sham, that caused his attorney general to recuse himself because he once had a sip of Russian vodka or something. Hmm. Maybe Hillary Clinton should be investigated. And that's exactly what Ted Cruz is saying. Check it out. Is crap. Um And one of the most important points, and it's one I've made a couple of times on this podcast, if this is a crime, if this is a felony that someone should go to jail for, then Hillary Clinton committed the exact same crime. Because at the exact same time, Hillary Clinton's campaign paid over a million dollars. You're not exaggerating to say exact same time. 2016 presidential campaign, her campaign was making the Steele dossier. The Democratic National Committee was helping pay for this. She was paying for this out of the campaign finance, you know, their campaign. She had lawyers involved that were doing this and trying to sell this. Literally, it's exact same time frame. So her campaign spent over $1 million to create the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier, you remember, is this scurrilous and scandalous dossier assembled in Europe that that alleged all these things that Trump had done, including the famous P-tape, all of which was fiction, yeah. all of which was false. It was made up. Brought to you and paid for by the Democratic Party and Hillary yes, Clinton it, for president. It, it, it was and... The Hillary Clinton campaign recorded that over a million dollars as legal fees. So if recording something as legal fees that is not legal fees in the context of a presidential campaign is criminal in Manhattan, then Hillary Clinton, a resident of New York, committed the same crime at the exact same time 
2016 in the exact same place. So much like the consequences inside of the Tennessee State House, again, remember, these are just little ripples. This is a pebble thrown into a pond that is going to have a large effect on the Republican base. Because what we are now going to expect is that Republicans are going to start standing up for us. And there, when there is open criminality and when there is open double standards in our politics, that we are going to push back. For instance, the FEC yesterday, this should be international news. This should be the number one story in the world. The FEC yesterday said that Trump Stormy Daniels case is not a campaign finance violation. I cannot emphasize it enough. Our in-house attorney, Mike Davis, who is excellent on this issue, will be joining us soon to talk about it. But we cannot state enough that the FEC director, the commissioner, James E. Trainer, trust me, this guy ain't wearing a MAGA hat to work every day. This guy is saying it is not a campaign violation. It's not a reporting violation of any kind. This is trying to stretch the law to make it look like a violation, he added, about District Attorney Alvin Bragg, a guy who's a member of his own party. It's really trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Whoa. Okay, so this is like, like, this is now blown open. The case against Trump. These people are humiliating themselves. The people who are behind it are now going to be getting themselves into some huge trouble. Republican, uh, Republican investigators in the House, Jim Jordan, namely, has subpoenaed the Manhattan prosecutor who essentially wrote the book on this, okay? So there's a Manhattan prosecutor, a TDS deranged, uh, infantile, real low testosterone individual named Mike Parmerantz. And this guy resigned because they wouldn't go after Trump. And what did he end up doing? He ended up writing a book about it. He wrote a book, classic, right? Talking about liberal privilege. Classic, you can write a book about it. So he wrote a book. He outlined how they would go after Trump. And then what do you know? They go after Trump and they do the exact same thing he said to do in the book. So this guy's going to get subpoenaed by Congress to testify under oath. It's going to be pretty sweet. We look forward to the pressure being applied in an equal and opposite direction. Go. Um, Excuse me. I thought congressional oversight was made just for things like this. Am I wrong? Oh, absolutely. And it is a constitutional duty inherent in our Constitution. Pomerantz writes this book amazingly, openly admitting that they targeted Donald Trump because of his politics and he vented openly how much he hated Donald Trump. And he had to be, quote unquote, stopped because, he writes this, Trump posed a real danger to the country and the ideals that mattered to me. In other words, it's very personal with Pomerantz and Bragg. We hate the guy. We don't like his ideas, his views. So we're going to target him specifically. Don't worry about a crime. We'll scour the books. We'll find some offense to pin on him. We have it. We don't really know what it is yet. He hasn't yeah. decided. And, and that simply underscores the folly of the case against Donald Trump. I mean, it's hard that you even have to waste your breath on this issue again. it's impossible to explain how much chicken wire, duct tape, and dental floss is being used to put this entire legal theory together. Our favorite legal scholar will be joining us in a moment to absolutely obliterate 
This issue, fresh off the heels of the best CNN interview I've ever seen, Mike Davis was just on CNN and it was a flamethrower. But you would assume here that if this is all predicated on hush money payments to someone you had an affair with, that that affair was real. But lo and behold, we have Stormy Daniels yesterday going on Piers Morgan's interview show on Fox Nation. You can argue whether Piers Morgan should have an interview show on Fox Nation. But lo and behold, we don't want to put Stormy Daniels on screen for you, but we thought that this few seconds was important because what she says is something that she's argued in court before, which is that all of this is a lie. It's untrue. It has as much evidentiary value as the Steele dossier. Here's Stormy Daniels saying none of this actually happened. This interview aired yesterday. We've read this many times. We've shown it to you many times. Uh, 2018 letter in which she denied having an affair with Donald Trump. And she signed her name to it. Take a look. Right. So people point to the contents of this letter mm -hmm. and they say, well, what changed? I mean, you, you couldn't have been more categoric in saying. I was still under the NDA. Michael Cohen wrote that and had me sign it and I didn't want to, which is why I signed my name wrong right before I went on Kimmel and pointed it out. How did you sign your name? It, it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like my signature. Oh, I see. Yeah. But you were still under the NDA, so you yes. felt that obliged to do this. I was told if I didn't, they'd sue me for the $20 million or whatever it was. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, it's, a, it's remarkable whenever you put these people on camera how the images and the airbrushing and everything, whether it's the Democrat lawmakers, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, Stormy Daniels, you put them on camera and you start to really see like the – you start to almost feel bad for them if you have like a Christian soul here. You're going to like feel bad for just the depravity, the sadness and the degeneracy of these individuals. And you're going to sort of like want them to get help and maybe help would be a taste of their own medicine. James Comer yesterday made huge national news that Republican district attorneys are now calling him saying, hey, uh, I, I just heard that there's a new rule that we can – without the statute of limitations, uh, we can just open up investigations into presidents and people who ran – for president. And maybe we should start doing that with Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden stepped in every single state in America. He has some type of dirty business deal in every state in America. Maybe me as the uh, district attorney here uh, in Florida or Tennessee, maybe we should start opening up an investigation into Joe Biden. And James Comer announced that he is now working with Republican district attorneys to start going after the Bidens on civil suits inside of their states. Oh, it's glorious. How the turntables turn. Do you want to see it? Watch my boy Comer. Alvin Bragg doesn't even know where his funding comes from, uh, but he gets federal funding. And that's where it falls into the jurisdiction of the House Oversight Committee. The weaponization of his office is how it falls into both the Judiciary Committee and the, the Select Committee on the weaponization of the Department of Justice. So uh, we're we're not going to stop on this. Nothing changed. We believe that he's overstepped. And I'll tell you one of the things that I don't think has been picked up a lot that, that's going to be a problem. And I had two calls yesterday, one from a county attorney in Kentucky and one from a county attorney in Tennessee. They, they were Republican, obviously. Both states are heavily Republican. They want to know if there are ways they can go after the Bidens now. And they've opened up yep. a can of worms. They've set precedents now that we can't go back 
on. And now we're going to see a, a judicial system that's already bogged down with with doing what they're supposed to do. And that's going after real criminals, uh, people that are uh, committing real crime, burglaries, rape, uh, robberies, things like that. And now you're going to start seeing ambitious political people like Alvin Bragg try to make a name for themselves and go after big pie in the sky federal cases. Okay, right. And it's just not a good path that we need to, uh, to, to go forward on in our judiciary. So James Comer is there saying multiple district attorneys have been in contact with my office to go after the Bidens. Now, we've put it up almost every single show, the Marco Polo report is such a comprehensive, thorough legal analysis of Hunter Biden's laptop. And it goes line by line and denotes hundreds of federal violations and crimes inside of the Hunter Biden laptop alone. That's what we know about. That's publicly available data. So you can see this document and I encourage you to check it out personally. And I cannot emphasize enough how important this work is as a roadmap for how to investigate the Bidens. But the thoroughness of this investigation shows you precisely how easy it would be to true, not just not just charge the Biden, but to actually put them in prison. There are 437 federal violations of which Joe Biden is personally involved in dozens of federal violations of all manner of laws, but the big ones are foreign agent registrations. This is the connection. This is the through point to Barack Obama, okay? The through point to Barack Obama is that Barack Obama and Joe Biden, these people aren't real. They're not real. Their campaigns aren't real. Their campaigns aren't funded by you, the American people. These campaigns are funded by foreign billionaires like George Soros, who comes through and attempts to rig presidential elections against the American people. And he is successful in places like New York, San Francisco, L.A. with his district attorneys. And he is successful. The Chinese tried to give Barack Obama $30 million. That's one idiot who got nabbed for it. What about the rest of it? How much foreign money really did flow through Barack Obama to Barack Obama through American intermediaries? That's a great question. Where's that investigation? How about Joe Biden? Does anything about this guy seem real? China is effectively taking over the country right now, destroying the American dollar. We handed China Afghanistan, and we'll get to that in just a moment because the rage-inducing memo on what went wrong in Afghanistan is just, it will make, it'll make, your skin crawl. I mean, it'll make your blood boil from yesterday. Whew, man. I mean, it's really something when you start to look at what happened as soon as we left Afghanistan, China moved it the next day. Here they are. The next day, China gets the mineral rights to the mineral rich provinces all throughout Afghanistan. There's something going on here. It really does seem like it's pay for play, man. They will fund your presidential campaign like we're showing you here. Leonardo DiCaprio straight up saying, yeah, they tried to give Barack Obama his money. Hillary Clinton having to pay violations. Obama having to pay violations. Foreign cash. It makes you wonder. And then how, do, how does the 
Biden administration defend their actions in Afghanistan. That, of course, gets 13 American soldiers killed. Well, yesterday, knowing that it was a high holiday, knowing that there was going to be a blackout in a news cycle, they marched out greasy little spokesperson, John Kirby, to give essentially a lie after lie after lie press conference, resulting in an absolutely jaw-dropping interaction with Peter Ducey, one of our favorites. Peter Ducey saying people were dying, falling off planes. Children were getting caught on razor wire. And you say that you're proud of these actions? This is the after-action report that's been promised for years since the Afghanistan withdrawal. Check out this exchange and uh, like see if see if gut check and see if like I'm right here. We're fighting a spiritual battle. These people are evil. You can see, you know evil when you see it. If you're a believer, tell me what you see in this clip. Nobody's saying that everything was perfect, but there was a lot that went right. And a lot of Afghans are now living better lives in this country and other countries around the world because of the sacrifices and the work of so many American government officials. So yeah, there's a lot to be proud of, Peter. A lot to be proud of. So much to be proud of. 13 dead Americans. But Kirby saying there's no chaos, nothing. There's no chaos. There's nothing, nothing bad actually happened. Those flag draped coffins that Joe Biden was looking at his watch. So they were being rolled off the plane at Dover Air Force Base. Figment of your imagination. And so for all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Not from my perch. At one point during the evacuation, there was an aircraft taking off full of people, Americans and Afghans alike, every 48 minutes and not one single mission was missed. So I'm sorry, I just won't buy the whole argument of chaos. Yeah, it doesn't buy the whole argument of chaos. Ladies and gentlemen, the country is going to hell in a handbasket. It certainly is creating the uh, environment and atmosphere for a second Trump presidential term. That is for certain, maybe a first Trump presidential term. If you argue like I do, that Donald Trump had his first term stolen from him because of Hillary Clinton and the Russian dossier, because of what they did. They put a pox on his house. Donald Trump has a lot of energy. We're getting a lot of really good reports out of Mar-a-Lago. Obviously, he's breaking fundraising records right now and is 30 points up in the polls. Donald Trump just dropped a absolutely savage ad this morning, actually. Uh, we didn't know this, but Donald Trump had a film crew with him when he went to go be arrested and arraigned in New York. Uh, this gave me chills watching it. Check this out. Small-minded prosecution. This will likely all backfire. In fact, it already is backfiring. Americans are very smart people, and they see what's going on. This is a persecution disguised as a prosecution. I would dismiss it on its face because it fails to state a crime. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. We can't let that happen. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. 
Shaka Laka. This is great. Like this great scene in the uh, in that ad. It's like an image with Trump walking in. Well, I had no idea he had like a professional film crew with him filming this. It we we've said it looks like a scene out of a Batman movie, at Gotham, going after the good politician. And sure enough, man, this is chilling stuff. Chilling should be what feeling that libs get when they look at polling like this. This from Breitbart News. Plurality of Americans say Donald Trump cannot get a fair trial in New York. A plurality of Americans believe that Donald Trump would receive an unfair trial in New York following grand jury indictment of the 45th president. YouGov Economist poll published on Thursday asking re uh, respondents, do you think that Donald Trump can get a fair trial in New York? Uh of the U.S. adults sampled, 40% said Trump cannot get a fair trial in New York. That's the plurality. Um, of course, let's see here, a plurality of independents uh, concur with Republicans that it was a witch hunt and illegitimate. Yikes. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, illegitimate and witch hunt, and then you get images like this one. There's your shot. Defiant Donald Trump. A man who may, well... Appoint as his interim attorney general, the great Mike Davis, Mike Davis, who is our in-house lawyer, has been uh, doing just one hell of a cable news tour. Uh, Mike Davis did his debut on CNN yesterday and went on Pamela Brown's show and just, I mean, I'm telling you, just took the business to CNN. The One of the greatest screenshots in the history of cable news is the host going like this. Like, who the hell did we book? What have we done? It's incredible. Check out this clip. As you well know, the former president has a fervent, devout group of followers. You know that. Well, I mean, are these the same followers who tried to kill Justice Kavanaugh? In his home. Okay, I mean, we're, this, th this we're is focusing ridiculous. on this topic. We're focusing on this topic. But how much of this has to do with trying to get the judge off of this case, in your view? Well, I mean, if the judge has the appearance of bias, which I, I, it looks like he does, he donated to Joe Biden's campaign, he should get off this case. And this judge has a history with President Trump in prior cases. So, so maybe that's what President Trump is referring to. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen. The great Mike Davis. Mike, that was really that hit was it's textbook, baby. I, that, that was that was the thing of beauty. Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to bring my Mike Davis charm to CNN. I, <laughs> I too much conservative media. I just need to share my charm more broadly. She actually, she actually retweeted you. I think we have the image right here. Uh, she actually retweeted you, and it was a good, good, uh, a good sport. Look at that! Look at that face! Oh man, look at that face! Look, that is that's Cooperstown, baby. You know, actually, I will say this about uh, Pam Brown. She, I mean, she was, she was a a bit uh, fiery on that interview, but in person, she's actually quite, quite funny and quite nice. So I, I will give her a credit for being a good sport here. So, uh, you know, we can't play the full 10 minute interview and we really want to respect your time and our viewers time. But talk me through the argument that you made to CNN. Uh, and then, you know, as this thing you are, you told us, of course, this lawsuit was fake. It was a scam. It was a sham. It was un, it was not real. And now that's I mean, 
there, there's not a sane person with a functional brainstem that's defending it in America right now. No, I mean, the Democrats are running from it because they know that this is a horrible case, both polit- politically and legally. So they're running from it. You have this Soros-funded Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, bringing these bogus trumped-up political charges against Trump. It's very obvious. Everyone knows it. Even the Washington Post, even the New York Times, even CNN, they all know it. Even Bragg knows it. That's why Bragg pushed the prior Manhattan DA to decline these charges. The Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office declined these charges. The Federal Election Commission declined these charges. Bragg himself, when he was the new DA, declined these charges. It is based upon a bogus legal theory that was rejected by the Federal Election Commission. It's rejected by current commissioners on the Federal Election Commission. It is a joke of a legal theory. And it wasn't until Mark Pomerantz and other Trump deranged prosecutors resigned in protest from Bragg's office and went on a book tour and a media tour. Unethically, I would argue that Bragg was taking heat from the left. So back in December, Bragg colluded with the Biden Justice Department and hired Matthew Colangelo in the number three's office in the Biden Justice Department, a very senior political appointee in the Biden Justice Department, seven years at the NAACP, NAACP, uh, Obama Justice Department under Eric Holder and Tom Perez, Obama Labor Department under Secretary Tom Perez before Perez went to the DNC, and then Colangelo went to the Obama White House as a political appointee there. Uh, This Colangelo had this made up job in the New York Attorney General's office to get Trump for four years. Uh, He sued Trump many times, sued the Trump administration and investigated everything Trump was doing. And then he got uh, recruited to go on the parachute team to be the acting associate attorney general for Biden, the number three. And uh, in this job, he uh, when Benita Gupta, this left wing radical, was confirmed and became the associate attorney general. Matthew Colangelo was Benita's number two. So the number two to the number three. This is the office that that sicked the Justice Department, including the FBI, after Christians praying outside of abortion clinics while giving amnesty to abortion industry paid activists, terrorizing Catholic churches, crisis pregnancy centers and Supreme Court justices and their families and their homes. Bragg is clearly colluding with the Biden Justice Department, clearly colluding with Biden. Biden sent Matthew Colangelo to Alvin Bragg's office to take out Trump. So is turnabout fair play here? Obviously, Mike, you've been on a terror tweeting that your reign of terror will be something glorious. You actually clapped back at James Comey, I think, recently. (laughs) But uh, the entire show's the entire show's been about uh, James James Comey. Yes, James Comer. And the Republican side, not to be mistaken, of course, uh, is saying that Republican DAs are now giving him phone calls. Apparently, they watch the show or they're listening to you and they're saying, uh, hey, maybe you should give us some of this evidence against the Biden crime family. Uh, your take. Absolutely. Uh, these Republican uh, these Republican state attorneys general, Republican DAs, Republican prosecutors around the country absolutely need to start indicting uh, Democrats, including Joe Biden. Hunter Biden, James Biden, the Biden crime family, if they step foot in any of their jurisdictions or if they transacted transacted any of their illegal transactions in any of their jurisdictions, they need to indict immediately. Because you know what? These are real crimes and they're going after Trump for bogus crimes. And in order to stop this weaponization of the justice system by Democrats led by Biden, we need to give them a healthy dose of their own medicine. Yeah. 
So we've detailed how Hillary Clinton had to pay fines for FEC violations, how Barack Obama had uh, dozens of FEC violations, real ones though, right? Foreign cash, uh, mislabeling and hiding things. Uh, would you be able to go back and retroactively open up these cases? Well, you, I mean, these are these are things that have like were real actual violations. They had to pay for it, right? The FEC, not a MAGA organization. They had to pay them. Uh, would you be able to go back and retroactively uh, hit these campaigns or these politicians? Is that the new rule? A absolutely. Remember in 2000, so what we're looking at two presidential campaigns in New York in 2016, Hillary's and Trump's, right? And in 2016, this Bragg's going after Trump for paying off a nuisance claim to Stormy Daniels to make her go away. He used personal funds to do this. I don't know on, on how that could possibly be a campaign fi finance violation. Neither does the FEC, neither does the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan, neither did the Manhattan DA's office before Bragg got there. Neither, neither did Bragg until he brought in this Matthew Colangelo from the Biden Justice Department. Contrast that with Hillary Clinton, who used campaign funds in 2016 to illegally cook up, pay for, with Perkins Coie, the steel, uh, the, the steel dossier, the Russian collusion hoax to interfere with a presidential election. What she did is clearly a crime. Why isn't Bragg looking at Hillary Clinton? We all know why, because this is a politicized and weaponized justice system we have in America. So Republican AGs, Republican DAs, Republican prosecutors need to get creative. But I'm very happy. I've been a constant pain in Jim Jordan's butt uh, over the last couple of years because I don't agree with him at all on the big tech fight. I was a pain in his butt uh, a, a month ago because I thought he was getting off to a rocky start on his oversight, including the Judiciary Committee and the Weaponization Committee. He's really starting to turn the ship. And I strongly applaud Jim Jordan for issuing subpoenas and doing oversight over the Manhattan DA's office. He needs to uh, also subpoena Matthew Colangelo and all of the, all of Matthew Colangelo's communications. Uh, he needs to subpoena Bragg if they say, well, look, you're obstructing a, a an ongoing investigation. No, they're not. Send investigators to New York to do staff depositions. Congress has a clear constitutional duty to perform necessary oversight here because under Section 5 of the 14th Amendment, states must con Congress must ensure that states are providing due process and equal protection to Americans. And New York is not doing that right now with this Trump prosecution. Bragg's office, the Manhattan DA's office, takes federal funds, and they're using those federal funds to get Trump instead of prosecuting rapists and murderers and carjackers and all the other mayhem that's going on in New York. You also have the fact that Bragg is contorting illegally, contorting federal election law to bootstrap federal election law onto at best what are misdemeanors, what are misdemeanors that it, with the statute of limitations that expired in 2018 to get Trump, they're unethically colluding with the Biden Justice Department and they are maliciously prosecuting a presidential candidate, unprecedented first time prosecution of a former president and they're doing this to interfere in the election. Those are five very clear reasons why Jim Jordan has jurisdiction here. He should issue more subpoenas, send up investigators to New York, put Alvin Bragg's big ass in a chair and grill him. So I suppose, I, since you brought up the Fifth Amendment, I would like to ask about the Sixth Amendment. A lot of people are saying that this has violated Donald Trump's Sixth Amendment rights to know what you're even being charged with. Do you concur? Absolutely. The, the indictment does not even include 
the legal allegations against President Trump. And Alvin Bragg, when he did the dumbest press conference I've ever seen in a prosecutor's in, in, in any in any prosecutor has given in my lifetime, he got up. I, I I can't believe that Harvard and Harvard Law gave this guy a degree. I, if I were the dean of Harvard Law School, I would say, listen, Alvin, we let you in because of affirmative action, but please stay off TV because you make us look so silly that we gave you a law degree. But I would say this, that the fact that Bragg got up there and bragged that he didn't have to keep uh, include the legal allegations in, a, in an indictment is mind boggling because maybe in New York they have this, you know, they have third world law, but under the U.S. Constitution, under the Sixth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, you have to tell people what the legal allegations are against you, so you can defend yourself. And they're not doing it here. So, and even if even if that is somehow New York law that he doesn't have to cl- include the legal allegations in the indictment, why would Bragg not do it anyway? Why would he not have an airtight case? Why would he not? dot his eyes, cross his T's when you are bringing for the first time in American history an indictment against a former president who's running for president again. Why would you not have the most rock solid case possible? It shows that Bragg is a total clown. He's dumb and he has horrible judgment. He's a partisan hack. But you know what? George Soros must be very happy because he invested over a million dollars in this partisan hack clown. And he's this this Bragg has crossed the Rubicon here with this indictment. He's destroying our country. So crossing the Potomac is what you'd have to do to go get James Comey from his cushy Virginia suburban home where he lurks around. You tweeted this uh Earlier this week, when I'm Trump's next acting attorney general, he will go to the D.C. Gulag. Perhaps you could, uh, for, as a final question here, Mike, give you give you a chance to give your press conference about how exactly you would do that. I would just make up a charge. I, it, it wouldn't matter if, there, <laughs> if it were legal or not. I would just send the FBI, just like he sent in the FBI into the White House to go after General Flynn. I would just send in the FBI and, you know, maybe trip him up, get him on a false statement that he's made to the FBI agents and trap him. And then I would put his ass in jail. I would put him in the D.C. gulag and I wouldn't bring charges. I'd say, you know what? I think COVID's back. I'm, I'm just not going to charge you for, you know, a couple of years. And you can just sit in there and rot like you can sit next to Jacob Chansley in the D.C. gulag. That's right. I would love to see James Comey in a set of buffalo horns. I think he'd, I think he'd look great. I think he'd look yep. great if you can yep. if he, his head would be scraping the ceiling. Turnabout is fair play, man. I mean, yep. uh, you know, we started with the expulsion of the Democrats in Nashville. Like they're so angry when their tactics get turned on them. It's Alinskyite, right? Like when like you're not supposed to be able to turn the tactics around on us. It's the rule of Saul Alinsky. And when you start doing that, they go insane. Remember, it's it's the dead chicken strategy that we've talked about. Then you have to give them a healthy dose of their own medicine. And my, I can't get confirmed. You know this. Uh, I get one Senate confirmation vote. Chuck Grassley, my former boss, our home state senator. It would be a charity vote. It would destroy his 60 year political career. So I'm going to go in as the acting attorney general. I will have a three week reign of terror. I will go after Democrats. I promise you, America, I will go after Democrats just like. <laughs> Alvin Bragg campaign on the fact he's going to get Trump. I'm campaigning campaign on the fact I'm going to put Democrats in the D.C. gulag. I will get chased out of town in three weeks, but I will fire and imprison so many people in three weeks. It will be glorious. <laughs> it's I, it really I, two points. 
and I know you agree with me here, it is Good Friday. People are saying that's not Christian. Well, neither is politics. Okay, like yeah. Christ came here for something spiritual, not the political. Politics is a war zone. Yeah. Stop it with his better angels in politics. This is a bloody dangerous, dirty business. And you need like men to go about this business. You need people with iron spines and big brass balls. Yeah, I, and, I am tired of the Republicans being the string orchestra on the Titanic. Our yeah. country is going down. I don't want to look majestic going down. I'm going to fight. I'm going to win. You are you are very, very majestic, Mike. And you know what? Nuclear deterrence is what kept us out of a uh, war with Russia. That's right. For 70 odd years. So that's it right. works, actually. That, it works. That's right. Be scary. That's in jail. Mike, you are one of the scariest, and we we love that you're on our side, baby. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. Happy Good Friday. Thank you, Ben. Happy Easter. Boy, aren't you glad that he's on our side? <laughs> you, listen, you listen to him, you're like, man, if they were this sophisticated or smart on the left, well, maybe we'd be in trouble. Maybe we'd have an issue. But uh, thankfully... We don't. And we got guys like Mike, and hopefully he will become the next acting attorney general. Maybe he could put some FBI agents in jail. Proud Boys attorney wants to unmask informants during January 6th trial. This is nuts. Check this out from Julie Kelly. Julie Kelly's saying that there are 40 undercover informants, at least, during January 6th. Really important to play uh, you this clip because it's wild. What they are finding out in this trial, the government is regretting trying to charge the Proud Boys with insurrection. The only people that are charged with insurrection, right, are these defendants. And now the discovery here is just blowing open what the entire Fedsurrection op was. Watch. And yesterday, in a separate proceeding, attorneys for the Proud Boys revealed at least 40 undercover informants were doing surveillance on the defendants that day, including 13 working in the D.C. Metro Police. New court documents claim it was those officers instigating the crowd, even yelling, stop the steal. So if folks on the left are going to use the events of January 6th as a pretext for labeling and targeting conservatives as insurrectionists, well, guess what? You better give people the full scope of the government's involvement here and do it now. So what was the full scope? We have the undercover body cam footage here from one of those dozens of undercover agents who were dressed as MAGA supporters and who were behaving criminally. All you need is one person to be behaving criminally that is a Fed, and now you have the Fed surrection. It wasn't real. It wasn't real. This is the big lie, and we have the proof. Watch this body cam footage of an undercover MDP officer, Metropolitan Police Department, sitting there breaking the law, encouraging people to go into the Capitol, encouraging people to go up the scaffolding, drop their stuff. Uh, this is what people were charged with, trespassing. Here's the guy doing it, the officer. This is entrapment. Go. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Oh, go. Let's go. Go. Let's Help him up! Help him up! Help him up! Hold on, wait! Push him wait, up! Push him up! Okay, push him up! Go, 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 go! Hey, yeah! Drain the swamp! <laughs> Hello, how do you do? How do you do, fellow patriots? Hello! These people are so embarrassing. So embarrassing that cops actually stopped other cops. This, There were so many feds in the audience that day. 
these I mean, again, the people who are behind this operation, they're the ones who need to go to prison. This was entrapment. Be careful out there, ladies and gentlemen. There are evil forces at play. Good Friday, a day where evil thought it had finally won. Be aware that that same evil roams the world today. Check out this clownish video where a bunch of uniformed police officers stop a bunch of other uniformed police officers, other plainclothes police officers, but they had their badges and guns. The Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man's pointing at a bunch of other Spider-Man. Here's the January 6th version of that. Give me a second. Just doing a little investigation. Mm-hmm. Accident disrespectfully. Is anyone armed? Anyone yes, we're all the police. Police? Yeah. Law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. Give me your credentials. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Look at these guys wearing tactical gear, wearing digicam, wearing MAGA hats. Oh, you're your co-author. Are you armed? Yep, I'm armed. It was an op, baby. It was an op. The FBI needs to answer questions about this. The FBI was asked questions about this about the from the great uh, former prosecutor, now member of Congress, Clay Higgins from Louisiana. Uh, tell me if you can see the problem in Christopher Ray's answer here. Does it, does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even are, now, because that's what you I, told us two years finish? ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people? No, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters position inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. I love it how I love it how Benny Thompson had disgraced the name Benny and he spells it wrong. He spells it like a little teenage girl with a I on the end with a heart squiggled in there and a, with a gel pen. No, I love how Benny Thompson rushes in to save Christopher Ray. Hey, 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 oh, 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 stop talking. Frauds. Should be a no. Should be a no. We didn't have anyone dressed as Trump supporters. But he knew he'd be lying. He'd be perjuring himself before Congress because now we have the footage of undercover confidential human sources behaving criminally that day. Fed surrection, ladies and gentlemen. Fed surrection. So staging a Fed surrection against little grannies who have 25 cent American flags was what the FBI was concerned with and not in stopping. Mass shooters, of course, who were on FBI wanted lists. We know that for multiple mass shooters. There's like a news cycle that happens time and time again where they huh, was the guy on the FBI's most wanted list. Yup, that happens three days after they get them, after they commit some type of atrocity. Thank God another transgender shooter, would be shooter. I'll be 
uh, I should say accurately here, was arrested yesterday targeting Donald Trump. In case you're wondering if this rhetoric has very horrifying potential consequences. Trans male arrested for planning Colorado school shooting. Another church was also targeted by this potential shooter whose name is William Whitworth, also goes by Lily. Lily is 19 years old and Lily lives in Colorado Springs and William Whitworth was planning on shooting up schools and churches. In case you're wondering if we have a mental illness problem in this country masquerading, ladies and gentlemen, as a shoot as a gun problem, that's what's going on. There are people who are taking advantage of these mentally ill individuals with sickening ideologies. Look at this list down here at the bottom of the article. You can see the list uh, essentially lionizes other mass shooters and then is against cops and against Donald Trump. So let me let me ask you, what side of the political spectrum do you think this person is? This monster. Villain. Monster. They're attacking churches. They've already taken six of ours. They've taken six Christians. Last week. Where's the manifesto? This potential and planned trans terrorist was also planning on going after Trump. Look at this. Trump is on the hit list here. Donald Trump, con man. Con man. Maybe that's a typo. Maybe he misgendered Donald Trump. Well, there's well now you'd actually get some coverage here in the in the mainstream media if they misgendered Donald Trump. Well, then that's actually a crime. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a spiritual problem in America. They they try and bundle it up and say that it's firearms. A firearm has never killed anyone. Let me repeat myself. A firearm's never killed anyone. Human beings kill each other, including the first couple human beings on the planet, Cain and Abel. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. I believe, of course, in biological gender and realities. And I believe that also there's darkness and blackness in the human soul. And that we need to address the spiritual problem. That we are misdiagnosing this issue with America. As soon as Americans stopped going to church and stopped believing in the purpose of family, and faith, and community, the country began a spiral, a black spiral that it has not recovered from. Now, we can recover, but it'll take another reformation. It'll take a, a, a spiritual revival. It'll take a Jesus revolution in this country. A friend of the show and a woman who is a champion swimmer, was assaulted by transgender activists yesterday trying to give a speech in San Francisco. Uh, Riley Gaines, you may know her. Uh, she was speaking at San Francisco State University. Very brave of her to do that. Uh, she competed for Kentucky, the University of Kentucky. And she faced off with controversial trans swimmer Leah Thomas, who's a biological man. So now... Riley is going out and advocating for women in sports and saying, uh, yeah, this is wrong for men to compete against women in sports. You're destroying our sports. Well, what ended up happening? Well, they attacked her. Not in, this time, not on the uh, not in the pool, not in the competitive uh, sports arena, which is where she was also attacked. 
ladies and gentlemen. She was actually now physically attacked yesterday. Here's some of the footage. It's horrifying. It's just me. I'm good. I'm coming. I'm good. I'm coming. I'm good. I'm good. Trust me. What is this? What is happening? How, does it, do you recognize this country? Do you recognize this place? After her speech, angry activists crowded the exit hallway demanding money for her safe return. They took her hostage. These people are terrorists. They're like ISIS. When Gaines made her way to the exit, she was met with loud chants and raucous mob. The video was recorded, posted to her Twitter. She was assaulted and punched multiple times by transgender activists. Ladies and gentlemen, what Riley Gaines was saying there was simply generational truth about biological realities believed by Christians and really all faiths, Muslim, Hindu, Judaism. That's all she was stating there is the first book of Genesis. In case you're wondering if there's an attack on Christians, there's your evidence. This is an attack on Christianity. This is this radical gender ideology. This is all designed. It is designed, created in a laboratory to attack the Christian church. Karl Marx said it best. You got to get rid of the family. You got to get rid of the Christian church. Saying said it best, like he just distilled it down in the Communist Manifesto. Very simply, first chapter, first chapter, get rid of the family, get rid of the church. These are the things that give people purpose in life. It gives them grounding. It gives them some reason for being. If you get rid of those things that tie them, that ground them, well, then you can create rabid, feral activists like that who attack a female athlete simply for saying, I want to be a female athlete and not have to compete against guys. Where the hell are the feminists? It's a world upside down. It's a bizarre world. It's a world that's taking advantage of lost individuals like the would-be trans mass shooter or the actual trans mass shooter who like on, on some level of your heart, you sort of have like you just you know that that person was abandoned by their parents. Like not, not given an upbringing with fa foundational truths, religious foundational truths, and they just get warped by the demonic and blackened activity. And it is such it's an old Paul Harvey line that's famous about what would the devil do? I can't paraphrase it. I can paraphrase it. I can't quote it line and verse, but Paul Harvey, man, talking about what the devil would do today, uh, the number one thing he'd do is convince you he's not real. They try and convince you that demonic presences do not exist, that blackness doesn't exist. And they try and take spirituality out of it. And therefore, Satan would believe he has the victory. Just like on this day, we don't know for sure, but in the Christian tradition on this day, 2,000 plus years ago, when Christ was crucified, where Satan and evil thought they had won a victory, thought they had killed God incarnate. They, they knew that Jesus was God. Satan knew Jesus was God. 
Satan tempted Jesus some of the, in some of his first days as, as, a, as an adult and as, in his ministry. Satan knew of Christ. Satan often taunted Christ throughout his life, sent challenges to Christ. Satan knew that Christ was God. Jesus Christ was God. And then Christ was killed on the cross, 3 p.m. on this day, as the Christian traditions say, and as I believe. And at that moment, blackness overtook the earth. The Bible says that the world actually turned black. The skies turned dark in the middle of the day, 3 o'clock. High sun, blackened sky. It was like night. There was an earthquake. The temple shook, was essentially broken in two. And Satan had victory. Christ descent into hell. And the followers of Christ were quite demoralized on that day. They were scared. They were hiding. They went and hid. I mean, this was like a seemingly a total victory because followers of Christ knew he was God, but they just couldn't quite understand. Like, now God is dead? What is this? What's happening? The Son of God is dead? And this is the nature of our God because the nature of our God is one who will never abandon us and somebody who asks for faith, especially and most importantly in the darkest times. And what do we know now as victorious Christians that the earliest apostles did not? That the light is coming, that Sunday is coming, that Christ will rise and that we will have victory. A metaphor for the nature of God, the creator of the universe, and what's happening today in our temporal world. That there will be times of darkness, times of untruth, and blackness in the human spirit, and seemingly that darkness will overtake the world and all will be lost. And what is our charge as Christians who are not the first apostles, but are many generations removed, yet the same stories prevail? Our charge is to keep the faith and keep the understanding that Christ will return. And that we have the victory. And that God himself was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. From Isaiah 53. Are you wondering about the nature of God this morning? Well, well, well ponder this. If you think that all is lost, this scripture in Isaiah describing Christ's sacrifice for us, that was written thousands of years before Jesus walked the earth, describing precisely what his sacrifice will be and what it will do. We are today thousands of years removed from Christ's death on the cross. Prophecy is power. God's nature does not change. And God has promised us that he's here to save us, that he will not forget about us, and that in these dark times, that all we need to do is look to him and have faith. And that is what we encourage you to do on this Good Friday. 
to understand that you are certainly not the first Christians and certainly not the first believers to know that there is darkness in the world and live through really blackened times, times of uncertainty and times of chaos, times of turmoil, times of true pain. You don't recognize the world around you. Christ calls himself the Prince of Peace for these moments, and peace will come in understanding that our victory, we will have it in this life or the next, and that God will not forget about us, that he will come again, ladies and gentlemen. Keep that in your heart and in your spirit as you align yourself correctly and structure your life correctly, God, family, country. Keep that inside of you this weekend as you celebrate the resurrection of Christ on Sunday and you ponder, ladies and gentlemen, about the love of a man who did not need to come down and die and suffer at the hands of the hands of the same evil we deal with today. It's the same. It's the same. Stop thinking because you have Wi-Fi, that you have Wi-Fi on a plane or AI that were any different from the, 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 the first human beings and that evil has changed its nature at all. It hasn't. Taxes have changed. The underlying evil is all the same. It's all the same. And our victory is eternal. And so we are thankful for it. And we feel blessed on this Good Friday. And we charge ever onward, knowing that the victory is ours. And that Christ, Jesus Christ, is alive. Death has no power here. God bless all of you. My name is Benny. This is The Benny Show. Have a blessed Easter.